This episode of PF's Tape Recorder is brought to you by Home Shirts Cleveland. For all of your Northeast Ohio vintage t-shirt needs, visit homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. You'll also find links to the original Cincy Shirts site, as well as Home Shirts Indianapolis, with more cities to come. That's homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. Now, on with the show. Hi, this is James Adomi, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Jeremy Essig is tired of arguing. I was a voracious, voracious reader of newspapers. I'd read six to seven a day, and then you'd end up in these conversations where you knew facts, whereas, you know, other people were just coming to it with opinions based loosely in something they heard from somewhere else. You both held the same weight in the argument. We'll hear more from Jeremy in just a few minutes. Apparently there's 25 things the mainstream media doesn't want you to know right now even though they're telling you. But first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. Iran's president, Mohammad Ahmadinejad, has sacked health minister Mariea Bahad Dasajardi, the sole woman in his cabinet, state television reports. Ms. Dasajardi was also the first woman minister in the 30-year history of the Islamic Republic. Mitt Romney has offered to send President Ahmadinejad his binders. A suspect under arrest was shot and killed inside a police station in New Jersey early Friday after he obtained a weapon and opened fire on three officers, injuring one seriously, according to police officials. To prevent further such incidents, the NRA is now calling for armed guards in police stations. Mexican drug traffickers are using prime new territory for their expanding marijuana growing operations, America's national forest. It's a growing problem, literally, says Wisconsin Attorney General J.B. Van Hollen. They're finding that it's easier and easier to grow within this country. But on the positive side, at least they're bringing jobs to America. NASA has snapped its most amazing self-portrait yet of the Curiosity rover on Mars, showing the robot posing with its ultimate destination, a huge Martian mountain. The image shows Curiosity surrounded by the tracks of its wheels, looking up at the camera and sticking out its lower antenna. And that's been Fake News with me. Most regular listeners to PS Tape Recorder know that uh, I've been trying to get into less Facebook fights, and uh, I've been pretty successful overall, but uh, this past week, well, I just couldn't help myself. Actually, I didn't get into a fight. It was pretty reasoned uh, uh, discussion, surprisingly. But what it uh, was about was uh, a, a guy I went to high school with posted this link, and it goes to a place called, let me get the name for you here, Pack Alert Press. Dot com, okay? And the story, 25 facts the mainstream media doesn't really want to talk about right now. Oh, really? So there's stuff that the mainstream media is not covering. Oh, I wonder what kind of things. Let's, let's look at this list, shall we? Here's number one. The mainstream media doesn't really want to talk about the fact that gun sales are absolutely skyrocketing in the aftermath of the horrific tragedy at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Connecticut. Oh, really? At gun shows across the nation this past weekend, people stood in line hoping to get their hands on an AR-15, the military-style rifle used in the Newtown, Connecticut school shooting. That came from an underground news organization known as CBS News. All right, let's uh, go down the list here and uh, find something else here. Here's a good one. Uh, The mainstream media doesn't really want to talk about the fact that nearly 400 TSA employees have been fired for stealing from travelers since 2003. Okay, well, well, first of all, let me play this clip. 
Brian Ross brought us that groundbreaking investigation showing TSA officers taking iPads, cameras, and other items from your bags at the airport. Now, you may not recognize that voice there because, uh, well, she doesn't have a wide audience. That's Diane Sawyer of ABC News introducing a report by Brian Ross, actually following up on a report he did about the TSA, uh, stealing your stuff. And here is the uh, even more interesting thing is I think the reason that the rest of the mainstream media isn't picking up on it is because the TSA has 54,000 employees, and since 2003, that's almost 10 years, they've busted 400 for stealing. That's pretty good, because everywhere I've worked, there's at least two or three people a year that get canned for stealing crap. So, I mean, I think actually the TSA is probably doing pretty well if it's only 400. All right, moving right along. The mainstream media doesn't really want to talk about the fact that the use of genetically engineered seeds has caused an explosion of new super weeds that are incredibly difficult for farmers to kill. Can you guess what I'm going to do right now? Yeah, that's right. For the last decade or so, the weeds have been losing badly. Farmers have been winning with genetically engineered crops and the weed killer Roundup. Now some weeds are becoming Roundup resistant, and there's a big argument about what farmers should try next. Here's NPR's Dan Charles. Okay, you're saying to yourself, P.F., you're just cherry-picking. There's got to be something to this list of 25. Otherwise, it wouldn't be on the Internet. Now, would it? Well, um, I have Lizzie here to assist me. You know Lizzie from uh, Facebook, not Factbook, and some other Hello. bits we've, we've done on the show. Yes, yeah, so uh, Lizzie has no axe to grind. She's eight years old. So, uh, Lizzie, I want you to pick a number between 1 and 25. I pick 21. The mainstream media doesn't really want to talk about the fact that the birth rate in the United States has fallen to an all-time low. The elite are actually thrilled about the fact that less babies are being born. Well, you go to Google News, you type in U.S. birth rate falling, you get uh, U.S. birth rates on the decline, time.com. Uh, U.S. birth rate hits all-time low, usgov.info about.com. Why a falling birth rate is a U.S. Uh, and then it, it goes to the U.S. News and World Report link, usnews.com. Uh, U.S. birth rate plummets to its lowest level since 1920, WashingtonPost.com. All right. Thanks, Lizzie, for your help. As you can see, some of these are just kind of crazy, and there, is, uh, there is one, though, I did find it is number, and is sort of widely reported, but this is the scariest one here. The mainstream media doesn't really want to talk about the fact that a bill allowing for the indefinite military detention of U.S. citizens on American soil was passed by the U.S. Senate on Friday. That was, you can Google News that and stuff comes up, but not as many as sh I think should come up for that because that's, that's pretty damn scary. And then uh, number 25 is uh, the old debate about the Federal Reserve, which, uh, you know, that's just a whole hornet's nest in and of itself. And you hear a lot of people talk about the Federal Reserve um, you don't hear the crazy conspiracy side of it, but you hear a lot of people talk about the Fed and whether it's doing the right thing or not, or whether we should have a Fed or not. Now, don't get me wrong. I feel the mainstream media does, you know, a, an average job at best. I, I'm with John Stewart. I think a lot of their faults, though, uh, owe more to the fact that they're just you know, lazy, sloppy, and are more in pursuit of what they think people want to hear about as opposed to what people need to hear about. It's still hard to imagine any newlywed under as much procreation pressure as the former commoner Kate Middleton, after months of having her belly stared at sternly by Queen and tabloid alike, a gasp of joy spread through Britain's vast empire of princess fans today, and ABC's Lama Hassan has the latest on the royal baby. Hey, you're not a moment too soon, right? I'm a huge Anglophile. I could care less, okay? But uh, my point is with this whole uh, Facebook discussion I had with my uh, uh, friend from high school and, and some of his uh, Facebook friends, it's the fact that, uh, first of all, this the whole idea 
uh, that you can't find out anything is complete nonsense. If you just pay attention, it is being reported. It's being reported in the mainstream media along with a bunch of silly crap like uh, you know the royals and you know, all kinds of other nonsense. But uh, I think what the problem is is that you get people that maybe don't closely follow the news and then they uh, you know hear something like this on Facebook. Oh, the mainstream media has been covering this. Well, I, I, that's true. I haven't heard it. Well, that's because you're not even watching the news. You're watching this. Which is fine, but the same internet you're using to watch Psy or to watch a, 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 a bogus video of a eagle grabbing a toddler, it's the same internet you can use to find out what's going on, and it's it's not that hard. Jeremy Essex started his stand-up comedy career just four days before he was to enter graduate school at Miami University in Ohio. He has since become one of the top headlining comedians in the country. Here's our interview with Jeremy Essig. All right, joining us on PF State Recorder, it's Jeremy Essig. Jeremy, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. Now, it's been, well, a few years since I interviewed you. We did we did run into each other at the Brouhaha Comedy Festival uh, in Cincinnati over the summer. You were there as a professional comedian, and I was there as some sort of mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have the uh, you have the self-deprecation uh, of a comic down, so you've got that going for there you. There you go. Yeah, actually, it went pretty pretty well. Who knew I had a good 10 minutes? Certainly not me. But uh, how did you enjoy the brouhaha? I love it, man. It's always, um, I mean, I, this was the third year I've done it. It just feels like uh, some kind of camp. Yeah. You know, like... Uh, <laughs> Because, you know, you know, you know, 90% of the people there you know, and the other 10% are usually cool people. So it's always, like, I always look forward to that every year. That's one of the things that, you know, I really get excited about and try to make sure I can find a room for in my schedule. Yeah, it's fun because either people I know locally or people I've interviewed, uh, like yourself. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a good time. People in the Midwest should uh, should should plan a trip in, uh, I guess, what is it? it happens in August, uh, usually make their way to Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, usually end of August, yeah. Okay, now as I recall, you uh, are actually uh, have some ties to the to this area. By, by this area, I mean southwest Ohio, where this program originates. Um, didn't you go to school at Miami? I did not go there. Okay. Uh, I was supposed to. I, I had my bachelor's degree from uh, Wake Forest, and then uh, my oh, initial okay. foray into graduate school uh, was supposed to be at Miami of Ohio. Okay, and, uh, about that's... About a month before I started there, I did my first uh, open mic at Jokers in Dayton and uh, made the decision that uh, comedy was what I wanted to do. So four days before I was supposed to start at Miami of Ohio, I uh, dropped out. Aha. Um, that was it. Okay. And I lived, yeah, I lived in Cincinnati the first three years of, uh, that I started doing comedy. So I started kind of Go Bananas and uh, Jokers. I would go up to those okay. places. So you're an adopted son of Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, I'm originally uh, from Zanesville, which is uh, outside of Oh, Columbus. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, a friend of my daughter's is, uh, has family in Zanesville. I likely would know them then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did, that did, kind of town. Yeah. Did, um, no, but you live in St. Louis now, is that correct? Yeah, I've been there, um, I guess, eight of the last nine years. I did move back to Cincinnati last year so I could be closer. I had uh, some family things going on, so I moved back for a year to kind of get that squared away, and then now I'm back uh, again in St. Louis. Okay, and of course, uh, we know uh, Greg Warren from St. Louis and uh, Andy Smith, who runs uh, Rooftop Comedy. 
Yes, uh, Greg actually, Greg was living in Cincinnati when I started. He ran yes. the first open mic I ever did. Uh, oh, really? I've known Greg okay. since the first time I've been on stage, and Andy has been a good friend uh, since I moved out there in 2004, so yeah, I know both of them very, very well. And so Greg, another adopted son here of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mike Lucas, as a matter of fact, he also, he's uh, from Cleveland, but started here as well. Yeah, yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of people with uh, some kind of tie to this area. Now, you went back to school, though, finally, didn't you, at, at some point? Uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a fun experiment. I, uh, I went back uh, in 2009, fall 2009, I started uh, working on my journalism degree at the University of Missouri. Uh, I was, I don't know, I was just kind of at a crossroads, and I didn't know what I wanted to do, uh, so I was going to cut down my touring um, it, for a little bit and try to work on that degree, and then, uh, so that was August went back, and in September, I got asked to open for uh, Brian Posehn at a gig that I could not do, but that led to other gigs that I started uh, working with him, and that, amongst uh, some other reasons, led me to uh, not keep going to graduate school. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, I went, for a, I went for a year, then didn't anymore. <laughs> Another aborted attempt. So you think, you think third time will be a charm at some point down the road, or...? No, I think that's, uh, I th- you know, I think, you know, the first time I kind of put my toe in the water. And the, th- the weird thing about graduate school is, you know, I'd really been doing this since I got out of college the first time and wasn't super familiar with having a job. So uh, graduate school, which was fine, but it was kind of like, oh, but what I was doing before was way better. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then especially the experience of working with Brian for the last three years has really just, you know, kind of opened my mind to like, oh, this is wonderful. Like, why would I ever want to go back to graduate school? So I think uh, I think two times was enough to teach me that that's probably not where I should be. Aha. Uh-huh. So how has your uh, comedy changed over the years? I guess you've kind of gone from being, uh, I guess you had kind of a, I don't know, a, a darker stage persona at the beginning, but now you seem more kind of like a uh, grown-up hipster is from what I've seen of your later stuff. You know, I, it, it changes as I change, you know, as the best, I mean, and maybe that sounds, you know, hippie-ish or whatever, but I mean, it, you know, when I started, I was 22, and I was, you know, I didn't like, I, I don't know, I just felt very uncomfortable in my own skin, uh-huh. uh, I didn't like a lot of the people around me, uh, <laughs> you know, that I'd gone to school with, or, you know, yeah. whatever, I just didn't feel like I'd fit in, so it was kind of a lot, it was anger-fueled, it was kind of, you know, there was a certain punkness to it or whatever and uh you know and then it became very political for a while and then uh, i think you know working in journalism school in the state house of missouri the politics kind of fell off and so now it's just kind of personal and i think i'm really in a better headspace now where i'm just kind of uh not to you know ruin anything but uh happier so (laughs) you know it's it's maybe coming from there i don't you know I, i I have a hard time ascribing to a character on stage to say, okay, this is who I am and this is how I'm going to write. It's more of just like, oh, I guess this is who I am now, so we'll okay. go with that. So are you still interested in politics on the side, or have you just kind of completely lost interest? I don't, I can't. I mean, I, you know, it, 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 at a while, you read all this stuff. Like, I was a voracious, voracious reader of newspapers. I read six to seven a day, and then you'd end up in these conversations where you knew, and I'm not saying I'm the smartest person in the world or anything, but where oh, you yeah. knew facts. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, you know, other people were just coming to it with opinions based loosely in something they heard from somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. And, and you, 
you both held the same weight in the argument. And it right. was just who was ever louder. And at that point, I just went, well, then whatever. Then I'm just going to read books. And yeah. <laughs> not and not care. Because if, if you don't care, then I, you know, you just, I don't know. I, I think as the frustration of kind of being, a, you know, kid that did, never really felt like he fit in faded away, so did the need to find something to fight with people about. It was just like, all right, then I just don't care. If, if it doesn't matter how hard I work at this, then I'm just going to stop working at it altogether. So, I mean, my my news generally now just comes from seeing something in a Twitter feed and going, oh, what's that about? And then forcing uh, yeah. myself to look it up so I don't seem like the dumbest person in the world. Aha. Yeah, I did, the election just wore me out. After that, I was just just completely like, wow. And I think the the straw that did it for me was uh, someone uh, very close to me told me that they they were so upset with the result of the election that they were going to move to Canada. And I was like, oh, so you're going to escape Obamacare by moving to a country that has socialized medicine? Okay, all right, I'm and, with you. And I mean, and that's just, and then that, I mean, that should that's just shows how little you know people read or. You know, researcher. I mean, just the things that are lofted upon. Well, you know, and it's both sides. It's people either saying this is the president's fault, and/or this is the president's. You know, he's responsible for this good thing. And, yeah, yeah. And on both sides, you can go. You don't understand the powers of that office. Right. Like, you yeah, know yeah. What else has happened in the last four years? Uh, a lot of hotels have moved their checkout time from eleven to noon. <laughs> now, I mean, I could, I could make the comparison. The president did it. Yeah. But, and, I mean, it's just stupid. Yeah, of yeah. He didn't. He didn't do half of the stuff you're blaming him or crediting him for. Yeah. Uh, he could, he could have run on that though. He might have really made a, even gotten more votes. And uh, I, mean, I like it. it. You know, it saves the hungover. Yeah. Uh, four in the morning, or still drunk, four in the morning phone call. Going, can I, can I leave it too? Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, was something I used to be notorious for. <laughs> yeah, especially in Vegas, man. I could totally do it at the 12 o'clock checkout there. Up uh, in Vegas, I would do it in Des Moines. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so what kind of things are you talking about uh, on stage these days? Um, I'm trying. You know, I'm trying really to do a lot more just uh, personal stories or anecdotes. Um. You know, I think when you sh- when I shifted away from the political, and I mean, because it's been the last since I mean, since the last time we you and I talked. I mean, I've been in grad school, out of grad school. I was married when we talked last. I'm divorced now. I got had a serious girlfriend for a year and a half. We broke up. So it's like this, like kind of reimagining of a person over the last three years. So I'm really just trying to get in tune with you know, more of that stuff, more of me, and uh, and just really kind of make it, I don't know, more stories than points. You know, I think when I was doing a lot of politics, there was a lot of, and I mean, it's not to say there aren't a couple points. Um, you know, I really like uh, my piece on gay marriage, but I mean, besides that, it's, it's really just more, this is me, as opposed to, this is what I think. Uh-huh. Do you think your uh, journalism background at all helps you maybe... Uh do a, a better job of writing, maybe in the in the economy of words and, and fleshing out the story, or did maybe the comedy kind of help that interest along? I, th- I I mean I really think that that was that's one of the main things that that really helped was, was I used to just be long winded or I'd find a lot of details I felt were necessary in a in a bit uh, that now I can even some of my old bits I've gone back to and I've gone oh you can economize all those words. That sentence is unnecessary. That's not really related. That doesn't matter. Uh, so for that, I mean, I don't, I don't think that was uh, their intention of why I was in journalism school, but absolutely, I think that that uh, played a huge part in it. 
Yeah, I try to do that just in my life in general, trying to edit down stories when you're trying to talk to somebody about it. not just something that's funny, but just trying to relate any kind of story to anybody, you know, try to, you know, just cut it down to the essential bits. Yeah, and I, you know, I think, too, though, the, the one thing that's hurt is uh, hearing stories from other people. <laughs> and just, you know, even especially over the holidays, people telling you stories, and you're just sitting there going, what's the point? Where are we going with this story? Why is Why was that person relevant to this story? You know, like, and I hate to say that my brain, because one of the semesters I was there, I worked as an editor, and I hate to say that that's how my brain works, but I've noticed it lately, like, oh, come on, you can't, this story can't be the, this long, this has to have a point. Um, so what would like be the ultimate gig for you with uh, your comedy and, and uh, other various backgrounds and experiences? The ultimate gig? Yeah, well, um, I mean, do you have like a trajectory? Would you, you know, did some dream to write films, do a talk show, or just, you know, just keep Keeping on, keeping uh, on with comedy. Got, well, I mean, I've got one. Um, I've, I've got one thing I'm kind of working on with a couple of my friends uh, in the like who kind of work in the uh, like record, like music clerks. I used to be a music clerk, and I'm kind of working on something with them, and I'm going to leave that that vague right now. Okay. Um, but, but I mean, that that's kind of a show we're working on. It's a, I'd, I'd like to combine. I mean, I was a musician before I did this. Uh, you know, I, I, that's kind of always been my passion. You know, I'm a record collector, so to find some way to incorporate more of that into what I do, you know, be it, um, you know, even if it would just be, uh, you know, I, I don't know, working with bands or working just somehow in that combining comedy and music in a way that works uh -huh. um, is kind of what I'm trying to figure out right now because that's, I mean... I don't know, the, the comics I really like and the ones that are successful, you can kind of see their passions come out in their material. You know what I mean? You can see, like, oh, that guy is into that. And, I mean, not in a hacky way, like, hey, I'm, I'm Jimmy the Chef or, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I, I mean, there was some of that, especially in the 80s, where, it was, you know, people would take on these ridiculous personas just to associate themselves with some kind of, you know, hobby or career or whatever, but I mean, the, you know, you can kind of see people's passions come out in their comedy, and that's, you know, with, with music or, you know, I, I read a lot or, you know, comic books or whatever, just kind of trying to find a way to work that into what I'm doing with stand-up, and then from that attract people like myself to a show, you know, like that's, I mean, the one thing, if nothing else, is I've always, I don't know, I've always tried to write an act that if I saw it, I would find it funny. And, you know, so it's kind of trying to, I don't know, find those like-minded people, I suppose. So uh, you've always been a big music fan? Mm-hmm, yep. Uh, is, is ever, you... uh, ever since my uh, babysitter in kindergarten gave me a Quiet Riot Metal Health when wow. I was five. Uh, ever since then. Holy cow. Um, yeah, I go further back, I'm afraid. Uh, but have you found ever your uh, interest sort of waxing and, and waning? Because... Uh... Mine did for a while. I, wor I worked in a record store and then uh, it got tired of that. And then I just kind of like was out of it for a while, but still felt like there was something missing. And I guess gradually I've gotten back into it. And of course, having a teenage daughter now helps quite a bit. So uh, everything is ramped back up. But do you ever find in certain stages of your life that had, had there were a waxing and waning, or has always kind of been a pretty steady uh, following? I would say, I mean, as to playing, definitely. I mean, there have been periods where I haven't picked up a guitar and Two, you know, two and a half years just because it hasn't seemed appealing. But listening, no, but I mean, I think part of that comes to, I've been lucky enough to surround myself all the way back 
uh, to high, my, you know, my friend Ben, who's been a friend of mine since high school, to people who are also really into music. And as I've gotten older and moved out of, you know, Zanesville, where there wasn't this huge group of, you know, musical people into music, you know, in St. Louis now or even some of the other places I go, I know people that work at uh, venues or record stores. And so it's always been, hey, you should check this out. Or, you know, so it's, 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 it's feeding the beast, for lack of a better term. There's always been someone, even if I'm like, oh, I don't care anymore, someone pushing me like, no, 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 here's more stuff, you know, and it's yeah. that, so that fire, I guess, keeps burning. But then again, I've never had to deal with uh, kids or, you know, other responsibilities. It's, you know, you need to sit down and write every day. Well, I can put music on in the background and write, so why not put on something someone recommended to me, even if I hate it, Yeah. you know? Uh, any, was there any ever interest in, in being a musician instead of being a comedian? No, I was, I could play the guitar passively, and I don't have the patience to learn how to do it well. Um, you know, I was a, in both my bands, I was a songwriter, and I think that what I got out of, a lot of what I got out of songwriting, I still get out of, you know, comedy. It's just a different animal. Yeah. You know, it's taking a situation, okay, how do I want to display this? What's the best way to do this? So I don't. I mean, it's been, God, my last band broke up in 99, so it's been a while since, you know, I worked with, and I mean, that's probably the last song I wrote was, I would guess, 2001, so um, I doubt it. I, I, I don't see myself as much as I wish I could, you know, it, it, you know, as much as I just go, yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm not, I see people and go, they're way talented, more talented than me at that, and I don't have whatever you need to get there, you know? Yeah, it is interesting some of the similarities in the creative disciplines of, you know, writing things you would think are as different as, you know, songs or movies or stand-up comedy or anything, but you know, there's, there's, there's certain similar elements uh, and common elements that run through all of those things. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think you see it, um, you know, between uh, comedians and musicians, there's a lot of uh, similarity to lifestyle, uh, you know, traveling, and there's, you know, you, when you, like, I've been lucky enough you know, to meet some musicians after shows or go to, you know, rock shows and, you know, know someone who knows someone and talk to them and they seem very interested in comedy. I think there's a lot of similar similarity that you see in the two worlds. Yeah, and it's interesting too because you see a lot of times, uh, you know, bands will kind of break, at least the front man especially will kind of break out that, uh, you know, comedy thing for just, you know, just to have a rapport with the audience and, you know, some people are, are actually pretty good at it. Yeah, and I said that's, I mean, I used to tell people that that was kind of, that's how I kind of started doing stand up was in my first band, definitely. Uh, I didn't sing anything. I, I didn't, you know, I, I can kind of, I can hit a note now. I'm not great at it, but I couldn't even do it then. But I always had a microphone, and I had the microphone uh. because I was the guy who did the in between song, you know, audience banter. And, you know, you yeah, know yeah. when I was, whatever I was, 17, didn't realize at the time that, oh, you're kind of doing a version of, you know, stand-up or at least improv. But, you know, looking back, I was like, oh, so that's actually, you know, when I started. was yeah, I started doing stand-up comedy with a bass strapped over my shoulder. So. Cool. All right, man. Well, um, our time is about up here. Uh, <laughs> so um, I would like to thank you for uh, being on the program, of course, uh, today. And um, oh, thank you. We will see you in Cincinnati, of course, uh, next week. And, uh, of course, folks can check out your website for uh, upcoming dates. Uh, we'll come try and check out your show as well. 
And uh, like the print part of this will be in Cincinnati City Beat, of course, next week, and uh, the the podcast will drop Sunday night. So. Oh, awesome! Yeah, uh, Go Bananas, January third through sixth, yep. and I'm bringing my friends Matt Conti and Laura Sanders with me, so it should be a fun show. All right, yeah, I I think I've seen Laura Sanders. She's from Columbus. She's funny. I do I do know Laura Sanders. She is very funny. Yes, yes, indeed. So this is going to be a great night of comedy, folks. Uh, highly recommended. Well, uh, thanks for taking the right. time, and uh, especially in this blizzard conditions we're having here in Southwest Ohio. Um, continue success to you, sir. Thank you. All right, Jeremy. Bye bye. Thanks again to Jeremy Essig for being on the show. You can catch Jeremy at Go Bananas in Cincinnati January 3rd through the 6th. He's at the Comedy Mix in Vancouver, B.C. That is January 10th through the 12th, it looks like, and at Helium in Philadelphia. That would be January 24th through January 26th. And at Helium in Buffalo, uh, that would be January 31st through February 2nd, it looks like. All right, and for all things Jeremy Essig, of course, go to jeremyessig.com. Essig is E-S-S-I-G. All right, so let me see other orders of visit to take care of. Of course, visit uh, our sponsoring site, Home Shirts Cleveland. And, of course, uh, not only will you find shirts from Cleveland there, but the the Milwaukee site is up. And, of course, the original uh, Home Shirts site, Cincinnati, is there as well. You can find vintage stuff. Even if you're not from any of those cities, it might be cool to pick up a shirt uh, of something vintage from one of those towns. You could be all hip and hipster and cool with that. So uh, go to Home Shirts Cleveland. Uh, you'll find the link on the Podbean page. I believe it's Home Shirts forward slash Cleveland, and that should take you right to where you need to go. Okay. Uh, music for PS Tape Recorder was composed and performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. PS Tape Recorder logo designed by Dan Koble. Follow him at Tiger Dactyl on Twitter. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow me on Twitter at PF66, and I believe that is all of the business we have at hand for this week, other than to say so long and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.